Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the Bible the Podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan, and my guest today is Nancy Odaluka. Nancy is currently a clinical research assistant at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. She was part of one of the first Bible apprenticeship programs in high school and is now a teaching assistant with Bible. Let's hear more about her journey and dive right into this episode. I'd like to ask you, when did you first get involved with Bible? When did you first hear about Bible? So I first heard about it back in my senior year of high school. So that was like in 2016, I was taking... Uh, I think it was either from AP Bio or from my bioethics class. I had the same teacher for it, Miss um, Scott, amazing teacher. She brought it up saying that there was this new program that they're going to be doing out of MIT. And it would be super interesting. And anyone who wanted to join, they should just let her know and they'll help, she'll help her, she'll help you with the application. And just the caveat was that the deadline was very close. So you had to just rush to get everything together. So, that's why I first heard about it, rushing to get the application in, and then heard back later saying, like, oh, got accepted to the BioBuilders program. And from there, just being able to enjoy the program, being able to, like, uh, just going straight from after, from school into Boston to be able to, like, go use, like, MIT's lab space, use all their equipment, and be able to do science that I wouldn't always be able to do in the classroom. So that was my first experience with it. What was the apprenticeship program like? Uh, in terms of when you were, what type of experiments were you doing? So, or did you get, yeah, did you get the opportunity to uh, to do? So I know it was a lot of things that were mentioned in classes, in science classes, and, but not necessarily you get to go in, de- in depth with it. So a lot of just learning the basics of how to conduct yourself in a lab space, a lot of learning a lot of the lab math as well. So I know there were a lot of like solution making, a lot of Pleating cells a lot. I remember the the running the gel, the agarose gel especially because I liked doing that one. It seems super cool. But we just learned a lot of the basics that you need to know on how it's like that. You just learned a lot of the basics of what you need to know to conduct yourself in a lab in a lot of just the just useful skills to be able to move on with anything that's more advanced later on. How did your experience with the apprenticeship program? Uh, influence your decision when applying to uh, yeah applying for colleges and for majors. I knew beforehand that I wanted to go go to college, major in bio. I thought I wanted to major in biology. I always knew I wanted to be a doctor growing up, so that okay. was always the basis of it. Also, the fact that I was already a high school senior, the spring of my high school senior year, so a lot of the college stuff was already applications were sent, decisions were coming back by that point. It was a, a nice way for me to get my hands into like deeper into biology than I would have through high school. Yeah, and I guess while um, at college you would have taken uh, pre med and have done a lot of biology courses, a lot of organic chemistry as well. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of time in the lab, and that can I guess. I mean, I was pre med for a year as well, and I going to the lab for the first time can be really scary and intimidating. Did because you already had a bit of that experience with BioBuilder during the apprenticeship program, did you feel more, because of that, did you feel more when you were doing the same labs in, in college? So definitely I think it helped with the confidence just because if you're someone who's coming out of having been able to do a whole program that was using MIT's labs, 
and being able to do a lot of experiments that you didn't get to have your hands on initially, it's easier to be a more to be more comfortable in the lab. But I think even bigger to that point, that really made BioBuilder stand out to me was that I was able to do say do the assignments in the lab, do the experiments I was expected to do in the lab, but I was expected to do it more independently and uh, mistakes were more expected. So it wasn't like, oh, you getting this failing grade because your experiment messed up or because you didn't know what to do. You just try and do it to the best of your ability. And then if it messes up, it messes up. You can go back and you can go back and fix it or figure out where wherever you went wrong. And I think that was a really big thing for me just because going into college then you get harder and harder classes. You're not going to know how to go about every single experiment and experiments are going to go wrong. So I think being already comfortable making mistakes and having things fail on you is a really great thing to get out of biobuilders. Like even thinking back, I remember that we had uh, we had to make this solution and I think it was like the 40% glucose solution. And me being a high school senior, not used to a whole lot of solution making, I just kind of thought like, okay, I'll just put all the things in a tube and stir it around and it'll be all set. I ended up making rock candy out of that. So that wasn't what I was supposed to make. At that point, I realized like, okay, that didn't work. Now I have to figure out what to do. I asked Natalie, I asked like the, like the students that she had also helping out with the class saying like, oh, you need to be able, you need to use a stir plate to make the solution just because glucose just hardens into one solid form. And then immediately after that, I went back up and asked what a stir plate was, because you don't know until you have to get you have to get to that point. Twenty twenty two, you came back to BioBuilder as a teaching assistant. One, what made you interested in the opportunity to become a teaching assistant with BioBuilder? First off, right now I'm on um, a couple. I'm on a gap between my undergrad and my in medical school. So during that time, I always thought like, oh, I want to, I want to do something else outside the classroom. I want to do something that's more than just being the student. And at some point, I remember I still get a lot of the emails from biobuilders that will say like, oh, the application cycle's open, and I'll like sometimes see them in my email. But before I was away at school, so I kind of just ignored it. And this time, I saw the email come through, and I thought like, oh, I'm back in Boston. I have time. I said like, I just reach out to Natalie, asking like, hey back in the area if you need any help with anything i'd be glad to help out so then she decided like oh you can be a teaching assistant but to which i have never been a teaching assistant i had mentioned multiple times like oh i don't know how how to be a teaching assistant but decided to like just go through with it see what happens um i know my year they had some of i think there were like two students from mit that would help out with being the teaching assistants i always appreciated them being there because they just seemed like they just surely enjoyed showing other people how to do the biology how to do the experiments so i wanted to be that type of person for this new cohort that's here amazing and i'm sure that was really rewarding um so far what's been the most challenging as well as the most rewarding experience so far uh, as your in your teaching assistant role i think most challenging is that in in school you learn all of the like you learn all of the knowledge base of it you learn how to do the things but you never like teaching it seems like it's a different thing that you need to be able to fully understand the concept enough to be able to explain it to someone who 
is not yourself who is they, they're high schoolers they have they're coming from a different approach they're coming from a different background than you so being able to understand the concept enough and how to explain it to explain it to high schoolers i don't know if that they'll also ask you questions and you realize like i don't know how to describe this in a way that's not ridiculously technical yeah your answer yeah. shouldn't be technical it should be able to be absorbed by anyone what were some of the experiments that you uh, worked at, uh, yeah, worked on and explained to some of the students. But going back, I they did the agarose gel one. I was there for that, but it was funny because at this point the the program's grown a whole lot, and they now have like all these really nice technical. Um, they have like these very nice, more modern agarose gel setups. So. I came in thinking like, oh, we got to get the whole buffer solution that the, the gel has to sit in and make sure they pipe, they can pipe it in the each of the wells. And I know like always to avoid trying to have it splash out of there or having any kind of puncturing. But then I come in and there are a lot neater sets and they're a lot more sophisticated so they can see their runs go as, like, as the time uh, progresses. Where I was very surprised at that and also surprised to learn that there's more efficient ways to do to do that so I was really happy to help them with that project because I know like oh you want to make sure like just remembering all the things I messed up on and wanting them to not do the same thing <laughs> I, I feel once you're involved with Bible you know you it becomes part of your family right mm-hmm. do you see yourself being involved with Bible um, over the next few years at least summer um, in one way or another I could definitely see myself like coming back whenever like the time was available. I'd gladly be back next year if they'd have me to um, uh, help out as well, since I know I'll still be back, still be in the Boston area. But definitely would come back just because they also have, all of them are such a great group of kids. They love learning the science. They love just talking about anything they're doing. They love talking about colleges with me. They love they love knowing more things. So I'd definitely be open to coming back and experiencing more of that. What would you say are some of the skills um, needed to excel in, in a STEM field? Having, you know, being part, you've been part of the Bible Apprenticeship Program as a student, as well as a teaching assistant, and you've gone through um, undergrad college. What skills have served you well um, in terms of, it's, it's a broad question and difficult question to answer, but if you had to pick three things that, I think these three things make me a good scientist. What we, I, you know, there's more than three things, of course, and all of us are lots of different types of scientists, but if you had to choose three to describe yourself as a scientist, what skills you feel are great for you um, that have really helped you along this journey, what would you I say think, they would be? I think definitely um, being comfortable with, failure just because STEM is hard. STEM is hard for everyone. You know, you can see all the people who have all these successes in it, but you you never really see a lot of their, their failures along the way. So being comfortable failing is definitely something that helps. Um, keeping an open mind to just new approaches to how to go about any task. So I know uh, you can like you can see the step by step of how to do something, or you can like have an idea of how things have already been done. But it it brings you even further if you can understand the concept and manage it in a different way, not just what's given to you. Yeah, that's fair. I think I, I definitely agree with the 
if I had to choose the most important, it's definitely being comfortable with failing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's sometimes the agorist gel just doesn't show the bands you want. Not sometimes, no. 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah, and I know, because I also studied um, biochem like during my undergrad, and you think you're doing everything right until you realize that your titration has no indicator. So you got to do it over again. And you have to be comfortable with the fact that there are going to be times where you you do it wrong or sometimes you do it right and it just doesn't work. Yep. And I think BioBuilder would have given that experience to you where, you know, it's okay to fail. And I think failing is part of the process. It's it's in the pipeline of becoming a scientist, right? Yes, definitely. Just if you're not failing, you're not learning. You're not moving forward in my eyes. Like, if yeah. you're not if you're not failing, you're not moving forward, and that's just part of the experience. And it's best to get comfortable with it very quickly. Yeah, and it's so cool that uh, people, students, high school students who go through Bible apprenticeship program, uh, I really feel they're ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. um, and just get that experience super early. Um, I, I say this in almost every podcast episode, but I wouldn't mind going back to high school if I had Bible builder. No, they have so many, so many nice things now that I think I even mentioned to the students that because they have the new lab space in Seaport, and I remember coming in there, pretty much my jaw dropping at how large a space they have, and it's just dedicated to them. And there's so many, like they just have all the materials they need, and they can have the lab space. They use the lab space for every day, whereas when I was doing it, we only could use it on Saturdays because like that's when it was available. So like, definitely appreciate like how much how much more they have now in comparison to when I was doing it when it was just first coming out. That, that's the one with uh, at Ginkgo, right? Yeah. So very nice space. And it's very pretty. Oh, I wanted to also just briefly ask you about your role as a clinical research assistant. At I don't know how to pronounce this. So I know it's Beth Israel Deaconess. Deaconess. Deaconess, okay. How long have you been there as a clinical research assistant? So what is a clinical research assistant? So my role is just to help out with any studies that are happening. So in the so like in the MRI department, so I work in MRI research. We have a lot of studies that have MRI as a component. Then you have, you have um, different members of the research team. So you obviously have the PI that's leading the study. But then my task is more of to do a lot of the... Um, like the subject level task of it and keeping up with the IRB and all the documentation. So I'll be the person who um, say a like one of the researchers needs someone to scan, it's like needs to test out a sequence they have. I recruit someone, bring them in, ha- it's like have help them get the, help them with their MRI visit and all of those components of it. Then also moving on as I'm becoming the more senior CRA there. As I'm moving up and being the the more senior clinical research assistant, then I also get to take part in some of the data analysis. So a lot that means I can like I join in on I can join in on a project. I know I joined in on one postdoc's project who is looking at um, multiple sclerosis, so MS, and. In that, so like my part of it is just looking at all of the brain images and being able to segment lesions from it. A lot, I see a lot in 
I see a lot of images of brains just going through all the data analysis part of it. I mean, it's really cool, especially since I didn't initially anticipate that I would do, I would be working in radiology. I just was applying everywhere and realized that with radiology, you get to see a lot of other departments just because they all need some kind of imaging for their study. So I get to see, um, like people from different departments such as neonatal that will scan their newborn infants and um, neurology does a lot of them just to be able to have their brain scans and a lot of the abdominal studies. So that's always really interesting to see such a wide variety of things in the same position of just... Awesome. Uh, okay, so last question I wanted to ask was what message would you give uh, to prospective high school students who are interested uh, so one what message would you give to prospective high school students who are interested in taking part um, either in a bible club or the apprenticeship program and two what message would you give to college students who are interested in becoming tas uh, with bible i wouldn't i would encourage anyone to apply just if you are curious about science if you're curious about any part of biology and want to pursue anything deeper and just take advantage of all the things that are in front of you. They're amazing assets, amazing things you get to do from early on. And just be prepared yep. to, to show up and be excited about science. I've always been someone who feels that you should always give back to any kind of supports or community that help bring you to the, to the point that you are, to the point that you're at. So for that, I feel like this is definitely reinforcing the fact that I do enjoy always like coming back to wherever I say like coming back to these kind of programs and being able to see the the next generation of these young scientists, the next generation of just high schoolers who are excited to do to do biology, to talk to come together and just Put in, put in the work that's necessary for it. I know like a lot of them are coming from all these different high schools and just appreciating being able like appreciating having this program that can have that can have so many students from everywhere meld together and just do their projects, do uh, their experiments. And just yeah, be excited about science. Thanks once again to Nancy for joining me today. What I found particularly insightful was her comment, if you're not failing, you're not moving forward. BioBuilder provides the opportunity for young scientists to make mistakes and more importantly, learn from them and grow as scientists. I feel this episode will be very useful to any high school student interested in the BioBuilder apprenticeship program, as well as any ex-BioBuilders who are interested in teaching and contributing to the wonderful BioBuilder community. If you would like to learn more about anything Nancy and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.